0: Asking Eve, the regular podcast brought to you by Emily and Lara, the mother-daughter
1: duo behind Advancing Eve. Our podcast series will bring you a variety of conversations with girls and women who are just like us and you, making their way through life. We hope you enjoy! Hello and welcome back to another Asking Eve podcast. Today I am joined with an old friend, and I don't mean old as in... Age-wise, I mean old as in I have known her for a very long time. I'd like to introduce you to Cara. Hello, Hello. thanks for having me. You're very welcome to be here, I'm very happy you are. So Cara, would you like to introduce yourself first and then we'll go into what we're going to talk about today.
0: Of course. Uh, So, hello, I'm Cara and... I am a fully-fledged alien from Mars. She's <laughs> <laughs> so funny and cute. Uh, so yeah, I'm 19 like Laura, and I yep. study at uni doing English and film.
1: Had to remember mm-hmm. that there. And, <laughs> and yeah, um, one thing to know about me is I love to bake. There we to go. Bake. She does love to bake that which reminds me I have a Tupperware a tub of yours I need to wash and give you back because Thank I you. ate your cookies and I gave them to my flatmates and they loved them a lot. Great. That was a side note. Anyway, so today <laughs> I'm here to talk about um, the journey you go through um, if you have an eating disorder mm-hmm. and uh, the impact an eating disorder can have on both the individual and the people in that person's life. So, would you like to tell me why I have chosen to talk to you, of all people in the world, about (laughs) uh, eating disorders? Uh, Well, I'm
0: imagining that you're talking to me because while I was at the kind of peak of my eating disorder, Mm -hmm. we were in school together and we were both kind of, I think we were, well, I mean, I was obviously trying to deal with that side of it, you as my friend were trying to deal with, me being ill and not really knowing how to,
1: yeah,
0: how to be around it, and it was all just a bit of a
1: mess. But that's fine because it was <laughs> a little bit of a mess. We're <laughs> oh, yeah. not gonna, we're not gonna pretend it was like some <laughs> perfect, you know, process. It exactly. really wasn't. It wasn't on um, either end.
0: Yes, but I think it's great to talk to Lara now because now we're both older, more mature. Although we can still have a laugh, and we were talking about erections. <laughs> <and now go.
1: laughs> indeed,
0: <laughs> But um, but yeah, I feel like that's why Lara's chosen me because she's seen me before one, during one and after one.
1: I have, which I think is the most amazing thing to now be able to see, you yeah, know, definitely. being able to know, you know, so before you had mm-hmm. an eating disorder, um, I would have described you as not the class clown, because that doesn't seem fair, but you were just a joker. You still, you still always were. But you were just so hyper, so giggly. I remember once, and I think s3 could be mm-hmm. s2 history you were I sent laughed. out the room for laughing oh so my God. much and so hard she was crying her face was like the color of beetroot I think I nearly wet myself like oh, quite possibly you it were was really laughing
0: ridiculous and like I do like I remember that I think back to when I was like 12 13 and I was just like a goof like honestly yeah I did goof. Not care. that's
1: so yeah goof. I was a goof you were like, a good goof though like it was such a positive thing and you had so much life and energy and you were bubbly and you were just a great 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 person um not that you ever weren't but Mm -hmm. that's just how I would have described you beforehand how Mm -hmm. would you how did you see your you know how would you describe your life pre
0: I think pre I was gonna um clarify that my eating disorder was anorexia um just to point out because there's there's a few different ones and just
1: yeah just so we know just so we know
0: um so before my kind of anorexia I was like you said, very bubbly, very enthusiastic. Nothing really. Um, I mean, obviously things bothered me, but I, I didn't really care what people thought. I, I was. I would say anything. Thought. I would do anything. I mean, I remember one time. I must have been maybe like twelve, and I was going out with someone. Like when you go out with someone and you hug and that's it. Yeah, yeah. But. I was going at this person, and I was laughing so hard that hot chocolate like spurted out of my nose and my mouth onto the table in front of him. <laughs>
1: who and was the him?
0: It was Tim Webster, do you remember him? Tim! Hi, I know, blast from the past. And like, yeah. everyone was like, are you not so embarrassed? And I was like, no, why who would cares? I do it? It was funny, like yeah. it was, <laughs> cause it was. <laughs> so yeah, I would think I was very outgoing. I was, I didn't really care what people thought just because I almost lived in my own wee bubble cause I was like, well.
1: It was a nice bubble. To temporarily join you in, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, Very much so. I really... The energy that you had very much pushed onto anyone you were around (laughs) in a nice way, you know? It was really nice.
0: Unless you were very tired and then it was just, oh, fuck,
1: shut up. (laughs) Shut up, up, Carl Rogers. I'm not in the mood today. (laughs) Come on, fuck her off. Yeah, so that's how I would have described you pre. Now, Mm. do you want to talk about... um, in your eyes, where mm-hmm. your eating disorder began, how it came about, and mm-hmm. um, possibly, I don't know if you can even answer these questions, so I'm just gonna give you them and see what you can do. Aye, but no like, problem. where and why do you think you ended up experiencing an eating disorder?
0: Well, I mean, it's, I think when you looked at me when I was younger, you would never, you'd never expect someone like me to get an eating disorder, but that's yeah. kind of one thing. because very
1: like, carefree, weren't mm-hmm.
0: you? but it can happen to anyone. And yeah. the thing is, I, th- I remember being probably about 14 and I can remember one day specifically when a friend of mine was saying, oh, you know, I feel like I wanna eat healthier. I feel like, I, you know, I should like, work out. I feel like, duh, duh, duh. and I won't name that friend. I love her dearly, and we're still great friends, but anyway. um, And I just remember her kind of saying, oh, we should do it together, it'll be fun. And I kind of thought, okay that'll that will be good and so something that was very light-hearted and something that was very innocent of you know maybe just having one, healthy, one less yeah one yeah. less packet of crisp a day or maybe like I don't know like doing a wee work at home once a week yeah oh, that'd be great it'd be good fun mm-hmm. and then because I've got quite a OCD personality and just in terms of when I set my mind to something I want to do it and
1: yeah, very much so very... I I
0: do like things a certain way mm-hmm. and I get that from my mom um, and because that happened and that kind of that was what I remember kind of started the whole thing and then once I got onto that kind of thought process of oh, I should eat healthier or oh, I should do a bit more exercise it just kind of spiraled and okay. it just went from very innocent that could be perfectly healthy perfectly normal to something which was just a bit of a car crash not gonna lie. <laughs> so
1: do you think that your OCD um and like the you know your obsession the addictiveness mm-hmm. in your personality ended up from ended up just fully spiraled. Do you think if you didn't have OCD or like uh, an addictive personality that it, it, would, it would have been less likely to have turned into an eating disorder?
0: I think so yeah because okay. I remember when I was like officially diagnosed as in like it was on paper mm-hmm. it was anorexia ocd and anxiety and i okay. mean I, I would say I, I don't know if i really agree with the anxiety one because like he has to get anxious about things but it was more so than things. yeah i
1: was gonna say i never yeah. but also 14 mm. we as friends didn't pick up on it for no. a good while I, I don't think i think it's because it's very easy when you want it to to hide it i think
0: people say oh you know people that have got eating so they're just looking for attention they just want everyone to think it's you know it's just attention seeking but actually a big symptom is hiding from it and hiding what you're doing and that's why whenever I would exercise I would exercise alone in my bedroom working out to a YouTube video you know and I would exercise you know religiously by myself and I didn't like anyone to come into my room I didn't like anyone Mm. to it was literally like half an hour in my day and I didn't want to be disturbed. And I was like, don't speak to me, don't come into a room. And I would get really frustrated and really upset if like say someone knocked on my door, I'd be like, fuck off, I don't want to speak (laughs) to you right now. Um, And it is very easy to kind of, when you're eating lunch, for you to be eating something like, I don't know, a salad, that's kind of boring. But to be eating that, and for your friends around you to just be like, "Oh, they're having a salad. Woohoo! I'm hungry And this. not think about it. And yeah. not think about it, whilst in your head, it's all you're thinking about. But they're not going to mm. pick up on that. And that's not, you know, because why would you? It's someone else's lunch. You're busy concentrating on what you're eating and enjoying it.
1: of uh, curiosity possibly more for my benefit. At what like year in school, like mm. if we were to go S one, two, three, right. would you say it kind of began? I would say began third year see this is so interesting to me because I we didn't pick up on it until fifth year sixth year
0: I think a lot of people even to accept myself I didn't pick up on it until fifth year because I think third year was when it started and I started to get you know just work out a bit more eat a bit Mm. healthily and that kind of went because I was when I was younger I was such a snacker like (laughs) I come home from school bowls of cereal, toast, hot chocolate, biscuits, all this sort of crap. I, as soon as I got <laughs> home, I would go to the corner shop and get sweets because I would just love them. And then when I started to, you know, air quotes, eat healthily, snacking just slowly became something I didn't do. So first it yeah. would be like healthier food. So like, I don't know, not sort of. And then it became, okay, I won't snack in between meals. And then I started to become very conscious of what my meals were. So mm. like, you know, I would just eat what my mum gave me. And then I'd be like, mm, I had cheese yesterday. I don't think I really want to have cheese again today. And instead of saying to my mum, oh, I don't want to have cheese because it's making me feel guilty. You know, I would just say, oh, I just don't feel like it. And so she'd be a bit like, okay, whatever. And so that kind of, so then slowly meals- slowly started from- So like meals became healthier. And then instead of, you know, having sweets and chocolate every second day, it became once a week. And I remember it was Sundays, it was always Sundays, I would have a bowl of ice cream and I would look forward to that. And then slowly it became that one bowl of ice cream was still making me feel guilty. And I was like, right, I'm having it once a week and I still feel shit, I'm not gonna have it at all. And so not snacking became like looking at- It all snowballed. It all snowballed, became looking at my meals and then becoming kind of slimming down my meals. And became, my meal, basically my meal plan just became so bland. Like I remember what I used to eat and it was just, it was no colour, it was so beige. It was like, ugh. Like literally. But that was the point where I just got no enjoyment out of food anymore. And I Which literally.
1: Which sad because su- you were and are now such mm, a foodie.
0: I am such a foodie that, oh my God. And um, so yeah, I literally just lost all enjoyment of food and I just became very uncomfortable around it. And you know going out for meals was just a disaster like I just oh
1: so we didn't know obviously Mm. and we would go for meals yeah we would have had no idea Mm -hmm. the amount of anxiety that was putting on you and I'm gonna just address you know you had anorexia so you lost a significant amount Mm -hmm. of weight um I yeah um you lost a significant amount of weight and I think that's when we noticed because Mm -hmm. you know you were losing weight and also it was little behaviors that you did that we picked yes. up on so for example you would go to the toilet a lot people must have thought I had some sort of like UTI, <laughs> UTI every How single day oh like five times a lesson. literally I
0: would like get up I remember every single period of our class <laughs> I would have to get up at least once sometimes twice and you just go to th- and I like, I need to go to the toilet and like I think my teachers were like, "What is wrong with her?" Did me? your
1: te- did the teachers know? I'm all, I'm curious. I'm I... always
0: curious about that as well because I don't know if they did. I never okay. told them.
1: Okay, we, I, and others like Rhiannon, mm-hmm. etc., assumed that an email had been sent so that they were aware that you needed to like get up and see. I was leave.
0: never quite sure because, I mean, obviously Mr. Watson, my guidance teacher, knew, and Miss Hogg, my math teacher, knew. But I didn't tell in sixth year, especially. I didn't tell any of my teachers that I yeah. had this thing. So unless it was done without my knowledge,
1: mm. it that kind of made me feel a bit weird. Kind I doubt of, it would have been done without your knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows? Like know. the school systems are all a bit fucked, aren't they? But Aye. like, I yeah, because you did get up quite a lot, and also you used to um, bounce your legs mm-hmm. a lot. I used to like bounce my knees together. Um, and these are all things that we picked up on, and for the first while a good couple of months, mm. I think that I was a supportive friend. For oh,
0: definitely, fr- yeah. I remember we had that phone call, do you
1: remember? And- I feel like I to me somewhat more. It I was, think I do. It was a phone call. It was like, it was right before good, we um, went into fifth, no. Must've been fifth year. Must've been fifth year, yeah. I think it was or like it was quite a long phone call right
0: yeah no I think I'd be just about we just finished fifth year and we're okay. just going to go sixth year so it was the summer before okay yeah yeah and we had that conversation and I told you because you said oh you, you were telling us yeah because you're like oh, I just don't really seem that you don't really seem that happy anymore and I said no I'm not happy I remember big
1: spiel I completely forgot about that until right now I.
0: Oh. and um wow. all of you were very supportive at first and you know like you were did
1: you phone us all I
0: spoke to. The only person I didn't actually speak to was Christy because I was like, she's such a goofball.
1: I don't know what to say. And also, I would probably. I think you told me on the phone, <laughs> yeah. you'll tell Christy, won't you? I yeah. Think you said that to me. And I was like, yeah. I, I will.
0: spoke to Rhiannon in, in person and Clara in person. I spoke to you on the phone. Um. Any
1: particular reason? Just because.
0: No, not not really. I don't even remember why. Okay. I think
1: like, there was no like. Yeah, yeah. Just, it was just like, oh, I need to get it out there somehow. I remember it was. A long I cried, yeah. also did I I'm pretty sure yeah i I just felt heartbroken for you, mm-hmm. and I felt heartbroken that um was selfish without the fact that I felt guilty that I hadn't said anything sooner um i, I some i think i've de- i definitely hinted for you to tell me but I knew you would only tell me when you wanted to mm-hmm. um, and I yeah, for a while, I think i I remember so you went to therapy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um at curiosity were Mm -hmm. you um told to go to therapy like from the doctor or did you actively choose i think therapy and understanding the emotional side of this is going to be benefit to me see it's quite fun well not funny it's
0: not funny but still (laughs) i actually started to go to therapy for a slightly different reason i just it was nothing to a food actually i was just i think a bit that was like an anxious time but I'm not okay. I'm not really an anxious person but I was feeling a bit anxious so we went to therapy and then slowly after getting therapy for one issue we slowly realized I actually had this other issue and, and then it just kind of blended okay. and then once I was getting therapy um I was recommended to go see a dietitian because they thought that might reassure you about what foods are good for you and what how much okay. you should be eating
1: did that help or not
0: it did to an extent, basically. So the first time I went to the dietitian, her name was Kirsty, and she was lovely. She was a really lovely person. And she said, basically, you've got room in your diet to have at least 700, like 700, <laughs> 700, 700. <laughs> <laughs> I'd <laughs> be seven massive. Out, like, of whoop, size of a walrus. <laughs> um, she said, you've got like a lot of space in your diet to eat more. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend like adding something that will count up to about 700-800 more calories and you won't put any weight on it'll just stabilize your weight and it'll just make you you know it'll benefit things like your hair, your nails, your ovaries, all these sort of things. And so I was like okay I can eat a bit more and so I did eat a tiny bit more. And did
1: you just did you believe what she was telling you? Did you just take it as like this is the all clear I'm not going to be able to go and eat more. This okay. was when you I was maybe 16.
0: It. I kind of did just take it. But with that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm eating a bit more. That means obviously I can do more exercise. And so uh, all this the food, how it... this is how it got really bad because all the food that I was then taking in, which wasn't a lot more to be fair, it was just a little bit more. But the food I was starting to take in, I was just burning right back off again because I increased my workout so much just because I thought I could. Mm. And then... The iller I got and the thinner I got and the more exercise I was doing, that's when I started to lose all my trust in people. So when people were telling me, you look really thin, you need to eat more, you're getting really ill, I didn't believe them because I just didn't trust them. So you didn't see at all that you were no as thin as you were? That's the thing. That's the thing with anorexia. Like, You go, <laughs> I think back to, do you know that Snickers advert where it's like, you're not you when you're hungry? Yes. That's exactly what it is because you're so you're starving like your brain is so hungry and you're starving your body's starving that when you look in the mirror you don't see someone that's thin because your mind has been warped
1: okay so did you i'm just genuinely really Mm. curious so did you just see the body that you had before you started having an eating disorder is that what you saw or were you you just did you just not really see anything were you not really aware of your weight yeah
0: i kind of just didn't see anything because it was almost kind of like i didn't look because i didn't have time to look because i was so focused on Everything so else about was
1: life. it health that fueled you? Because if you're not like really, you weren't really aware of how you were looking. Mm. It wasn't really like, a, "Oh, I need to be thin. Like, mm. I need to look thin." Mm-hmm. I don't really think that's something you would ever have cared about as a person. Is not like really your appearance no. that much. And this is where it confused me. as it's mm. like, she doesn't care what she looks like, though. I don't understand. <laughs> um, so was it just you feeling like you need to be healthy? Like, I need to work out. I need to eat good. I need to. But then it ended up becoming not healthy. Mm. I think there's multiple things I think it kind of
0: stemmed down to and one of them was I kind of had in this head in my head I was like oh I need to be healthy I need to be mm. you know I need to I've started working out you know I, if if I don't work out you know I'm a failure little bit but it was also it's a feeling of I'm so uncomfortable with the world around me and this this is something I can control, and this is something that I am good at because I've never yeah. really been amazing at anything, you know. I I'm don't all... agree. But okay, <laughs> we'll go with it. You know, like I'm all right at maths. I'm. I'm... Mm. I was always, you know, I was never the smartest. I was never the fastest. I was never the strongest. I was kind of, you know, I wasn't bad, but I wasn't. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: fair yeah. enough.
0: So I was like, this is something that I am good at, and I can control it, and I can make the decisions.
1: That's so interesting.
0: So. It's, you know, it's, and it it was almost like a hobby, you know, something that became part of my everyday life. And I was like, Mm. I'm good at this. I'm just gonna keep doing it. And it, you know, became to the point where if I couldn't do it, I was so uncomfortable and I hated it and I felt awful about myself. And like, the thing about anorexia Would you
1: overcompensate? If you, for any reason, Mm. if you couldn't do something, would you- Oh yeah, totally. Okay.
0: So I would play squash with my dad. And then if one day he said, oh, Kara, my leg's a bit sore today. I don't even go and play maybe we'll play next week I'd be like okay straight up to my room let's work out because we didn't play squash mm. and like I just a f- thing about anorexia I would say is that this probably sounds absolutely ridiculous but it's it's like a warm blanket so okay. once you wrap yourself once it wraps itself around you you don't want to take it you off. don't want to take it off because you're you know, you're so scared of what life would be like without it. Mm. You don't want to, you know, it's like when you're, you know, you're cold in bed, it's winter and you stick your toe out and you're like, oh no, I don't like that, it's too cold. That's what it's like. It's so
1: interesting yeah, to describe it like Yeah,
0: because you, and people will be like, how can you think it's like a blanket? But it is because you're so wrapped up in it. I suppose it's so comforting to and it's so you. It's so comfortable. we
1: don't under... Mm-hmm.
0: And so like when people... You know, when, you know, your mum comes into your room in the morning and says, get up, type it up and rips your duvet off. You mm. go, oh, fuck off. And that's,
1: Vicky, okay, that is the perfect <laughs> transition into what I'm gonna say. Okay, on you go. I think I tried to rip the cover off of you eventually. So yep. I, was thi- I was thinking about this this morning when I was, you know, putting my makeup on and stuff. I was like, am I gonna mention the fact that I was, n- I mentioned before in this podcast that I was a supportive friend at first. Mm. And then I became a lot less empathetic and I became impatient and I became frustrated. And it wasn't out of... I don't think it was... Out of, I don't think an empathetic's right because I always cared and I always loved you and know, I always I wanted always you got to get that better. Sense. I always it got was, that sense. It was always because I cared, but mm. it was because I cared so much, but I didn't understand that That's this thing. is where... I think, you know, yeah.
0: people, parents, friends, people, even doctors, they don't understand. And that's, can. that's not because, it's not their fault. It's not because they're being ignorant or because they're being annoying or because they're being self. They literally just don't understand. And it's because how could you understand if you've mm. not been in an eating disorder frame of mind? Because it's something that you can't even imagine, honestly. I can't, I, can. I-
1: yeah not
0: at all so and
1: i must <clears throat> I assume even like your eating disorder will be wild different to someone else with anorexia oh my like gosh! every eating yes. disorder is it's not one universal term that applies no. to everyone in the same way like you've just described how you're snowballed but that could become someone could have seen a photo of them and that's mm-hmm. they that snowballed and then therefore it's about appearance you know mm-hmm. it can be so unique to every person and it actually makes it very hard to understand and for parents for example for doctors for some other friends you're they're more mature and they're they know how to deal with not understanding mm-hmm. but at, we were we were s- 16 i was still 16 17 you know we're just I, babies i didn't know i'm not so i was a bit of an arse i'm not going to <laughs>
0: she says she was a bit of an arse she was not a bit of an arse like it honestly i have no i don't want to use the word because that's not the right word but i i have no anger or bitterness towards what happened because I totally understand the frustration yeah it is frustrating it's really frustrating and it's a lot to deal with to see someone you love in so much pain and not being able to do anything and not understanding and you're giving them advice and you're seeing them not take it if you know what I mean so it's frustrating
1: I would tell you look you're, you're doing it again or I'd like put your, I think I would put my hand on your leg if we sat next to each other to try Probably. and get you to stop and you would keep doing it. And it wasn't because I'm a, ve- I'm a very caring person, mm. very caring and I, like you, wanna put my all into something. Mm-hmm. So I made myself the friend that was responsible and I'm not mm-hmm. gonna blame other friends that we were friends with, <laughs> but they were very passive. Mm. They were very negative about it. I, out with your back, but as you mm-hmm. know, I would always say exactly how yep, it got to. Definitely. So over a couple of month periods of me going up and down in emotions with you. So you would come mm-hmm. back from therapy and you would tell me or your doctors and you'd be like, I put on weight and me I remember once me and you were like screaming and shouting and jumping up and mm-hmm. down yep. outside like the girls' bathrooms and that was a great feeling. But then two weeks later you were like, Okay, I've lost weight again mm-hmm. and I felt a very, very small portion of what it must have been like to be going up and down in your mm. brain. And honestly it was pushing me down and Mm. I couldn't do it so eventually it got to the point that I said to Cara I can't be friends with you Mm -hmm. and I said it in an arsey horrible (laughs) way I'm I was very immature not good with words and I said I can't be friends with you because it's hurting me too much to see you Mm -hmm. hurting and i can't help you and i don't understand it Um, Mm -hmm. i don't understand why you're doing this um to yourself like you are you're you're going to therapy you're going to the doctors you're aware it isn't good and healthy for you Mm -hmm. why are you not just doing things that you know that you need to do to make Mm -hmm. you better i had no no idea of the complexity at the time and how much it was going through your head. And also, maybe for another podcast, and this would maybe influence it, I had previous experience (laughs) of a friend that had um, lied about an eating disorder. That was the reason why it took me so long
0: to actually say anything, because I was like, You've been through this and it wasn't real.
1: I went through it for Mm. a long time. So, like, this friend in question would say, would send texts like, I'm going to kill myself if you do not help me with my eating disorder, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And it got to the point where me and my mum. Um, went to therapy. We paid for therapy mm-hmm. for this friend, and then it transpired that she had made the whole thing up for one reason or another. So at the same time, I was very, even though I could physically see you had one, mm. I was somewhat distrust, distrusting still, and that will definitely have biased my response but to I mean, you. That's eventually. a massive thing to,
0: to lose trust in someone or something mm. is awful, and so you know that friend let you down big time. Big time. <laughs> jinx personal pillow (laughs) (laughs) she let you down and so to see someone else despite the fact that you know it's it is real it's still difficult and to trust it is hard Mm -hmm. um so yeah like I said I had no bitterness towards the fact that we fell out I was not fell out such a i
1: know word, but you know so like how are we me and cara you're probably thinking like how is that why are you talking right now then? i know <laughs> me and cara um bumped into each other we bumped into each other on and off throughout our first year at uni but we mm. never really and we always said we'll meet up we'll do this we never yeah, did. We'll get a coffee yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I In first year, I've said this in previous podcasts, I was very much maturing and transitioning into a better person in that first year uni. I met good people that made mm-hmm. me feel better and I was I became nicer. And then we bumped into each other at the very start of second year. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I really, really, really need to um, <laughs> meet her. I also remember at prom I took you aside you and did. I said to you, I'm sorry, I was horrible. I know I did wrong. Um. I was awful and I didn't know if you even bought anything that I was saying but I meant it when I said it Probably No
0: I honestly like over the past year like in first year of uni I kind of I would think sometimes about the fact that we'd fallen out and people would say oh what's your relationship like with your friends at school and I was like well we fell out but actually the person I fell out with she was so she was such a big person because she apologized to me so Mm. I have no grudges because yeah we're not because we weren't the best of friends at first, just because we didn't know each no, other. Anywhere. No, Yeah, exactly. But I, you know, I said I was like I have no anger towards her because she apologized to me, and I knew she meant it. Because I did on mean it. Two occasions you apologized to me, and I was like, I know that you, I could tell from your face. I was like, I know she's not talking bullshit. I so I was like, it very much meant. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I knew we fell out, and I knew that we had our mm-hmm. issues, and we were very different people. But I, I wasn't angry or bitter. I didn't look back on it and think. What a bitch I just thought well that was that time but she said sorry I said sorry we moved on yeah so I never I never <clears throat> held that
1: against you I'm very glad you didn't um and then so yeah I said sorry and then we met um started this year and then you messaged me saying we really do need to do coffee and then <laughs> a few little re- for various genuine reasons yeah. we couldn't meet but then we did meet and it was so fun and it was surreal because we both I think we're both simultaneously thinking how the hell how are having we having fun with this person? How are we here? How are we here right now? We're both it's stopping so weird. Wet. It was raining. It, oh, I was soaking my feet were disgusting. I, I think literally you went to look at my tattoo at one point yeah. which is on my foot and I went Cara I'm sorry my feet smell <laughs> vile right now like so vile. <laughs> oh
0: Christ. Oh like we both look like wet rats but well actually no I look like a wet rat you look fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and we just sat and giggled for like what two hours about life I think it was longer
1: than that I think it was like two and a half three or something we
0: just had a great catch-up and it it was really
1: did and it was it was just surreal it was very surreal
0: because we were like if I if somebody said to me maybe a year and a half ago Mm. you're going to be meeting up with Lara McGowan having a coffee in the rain on a Saturday I would have said fuck off (laughs) that's not gonna be me so yeah
1: yeah. flash (laughs) forward and you were and then I was like you know what Bringing the podcasting kit up to Edinburgh, you have a story that is worth telling. Let's mm-hmm. tell it. And of course, you're a podcast lover, so You're like, of course. Oh I'm my god, I'm a a podcast. podcast fiend. Like, you really? Oh, are. should look at my Spotify. You need to send me all of your <laughs> recommendations after this. Um, okay, so we're going to take a brief break, and we're going to come back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, your top tips to managing an eating disorder, mm-hmm. and then the after, mm-hmm. what life is like now, and um, how. Quite possibly, you sort of will never leave you, and then also the best way friends and family can help someone else if they notice that they are going through it. Um, so we'll be right back. Enjoy cool. the music I'm going to play right now. Woo-hoo. <laughs> okay, welcome back, and Cara, we're going to go jump straight back into it, and we are going to talk about your turning point so when Mm -hmm. in the journey of your eating disorder you really realized i need to make a change Mm -hmm. and i want you to describe that a little bit if you can and Mm -hmm. then also go on to tell me what things you did that helped Mm -hmm. you get better in air quotes because i think we'll touch on how you never truly Mm -hmm. you know leave an eating disorder so uh, well, I always think that word journey is so like
0: fuddy duddy because it's. <laughs> it <is> very funny, <laughs> it's very fuddy duddy. But it? like everyone uses it, you know? Yeah. Um. So there was a definite turning point, I think, when I was probably, I think it was like just a few months after six, like we started six years, probably the October time. Okay. And I had lost a lot of weight. I think I was about 42 kilograms at this point. Right. So I was like, very like, thin. Yeah. It's very skinny. I looked a mess, like I want to say people <laughs> It's not funny but it is funny. It's face.
1: not it's it's not that I'm thinking about how it was more than just your weight as well. It was like your My entire face, your personality, hair, your personality like, was thinner. I was just a know? thin person. Yeah. Like
0: I literally like you eat, breathe, sleep anorexia when you're in that in that mode. Yeah. That's what it is. Your whole life is consumed by it and yeah. You're not you when you're hungry. Like, you're, just, you're a different person. <laughs> you really person. are you you're, you're, hungry. you're literally the part of you that's fun and bubbly and happy has just, they've not gone, but they've, you know, they've gone under a rock for a bit. Mm. You know, they're just, they're hidden away. They're there, but they're hidden. And, you know, people used to say, the lights are on, but no one's home. Because when you'd speak to me in a conversation, I just really? wasn't there. You know, I was, you know, I would sit I would there. Agree, yeah. And I would, you know, I'd nod along and I'd maybe give something back. But, mm like there was no there was just
1: no personality there i think that's why i wanted to really touch on at the start of this podcast how bubbly you were at the start Mm. because it was such a stark contrast to see you you know in your peak like the the, Mm. the climax you know of your eating disorder that you were very much not there yeah you know you weren't the same person and i know so Christy, you've mentioned mm. previously, like briefly, was just she's just such a joker that you didn't know how to deal with it. But like even she would say to me, she's just she's just not the same
0: mm-hmm.
1: bubbly person that she once was. Mm-hmm. And it's it was so heartbreaking. It was probably equally heartbreaking to the fact that you were like physically thinner. Mm. Um, observing that. Um, so yeah, so the actual moment when everything
0: had to change was I went to the dietitian and. I had lost, I think it must be about a kilogram about a week or something. So it was getting wow. to the point where it was like, and you're not just losing weight, you're losing weight so rapidly that you can't, you're struggling to put anything back on. So like okay. it was to the point where it was like getting really quite dangerous. And they said, like at that point I was working out probably like five times a week after school for like maybe an hour at a time, like extensive cardio. I was playing squash and I like you you saw me I couldn't sit still I was like tigger I was up down left right constantly moving and so I was just like anything I was eating was just getting burned right back off and I was Mm -hmm. losing a lot of weight and And you didn't eat a lot I didn't eat a lot anyway it wasn't like I was you know I wasn't like a protein man I wasn't like shoving down protein things I was like um so yeah so I basically went to that dietitian appointment and before they'd been like, you know, maybe you should take your workouts down to like three times a week, maybe you should do this and at this point they went, No, exercise, no, you're not doing it anymore. Like if you don't wow. do this if you if you don't if you don't stop, you're going to die and you're going to get really ill and you will be admitted to hospital. And so by that point
1: so I that was, not scare you to hear? Like, I, I, I feel yeah. like, I, like you asked me, <laughs> when we had our little break, Car was like, when was the last time you cried? And I told her a story about when I cried, but now it's like, now! <laughs> oh no! Um, okay.
0: so, so yeah, they, they said, they were like, you are getting really, really ill. And obviously, I just didn't see it. And I kind of just thought in my head, I was like, I think this is one of the worst <clears> bits, but because you're so ill, you don't care. Yeah. when somebody says you're going to die, you're really ill, you just kind of go, well, I feel like shit anyway, so what's the point? You know? And you just lose that sense of... Respect it's for yourself. Like... And so you're just like, you're telling me this, but you may as well be telling it to a blank wall, because... <sighs>
1: and anyway, so... You, did you stop exercising?
0: Yeah. So I was someone that was exercising maybe five times, like five, like I said, like five times a week. And I had to... It wasn't like, reduce your exercise. It was, stop. stop. So... I did because I couldn't I physically fiz- well I couldn't I think you know my parents they were so worried and they said like the therapist said to my parents they were like you're gonna have to quit your job you're gonna have to stop working for a while to watch your child like a toddler because she's she's not gonna stop unless we stop her so my mum would have come home early from work to make sure I wasn't working out and um I was allowed a uh, maybe 25 minute walk a day and that was it. And I wasn't allowed to play squash. I wasn't allowed to do anything. So I kind of had to just, I had to just find things to do. Like I
1: think that your <laughs> turning point and when you were told that is when I told you that I couldn't, because mm. you told me this mm-hmm. and then I was like, well you stopped doing exercise, but you're still you're still getting up to pee four times a day. Mm-hmm. Like you're still doing this. Like you've been told that you're gonna die. Like you mm-hmm. need to listen. And I think that's when mm. um I struggled. Yeah,
0: because like I mean, it must have been awful to watch, but like so that was the kind of point where I couldn't exercise and it it was really hard. Like it was horrible, Because it was it'd been part of my daily routine
1: for mm. years now. So. Even something that's like healthy in your routine mm. to then like like a click stop yeah. would be hard so and i can't i mm. can't even begin to contemplate what <laughs> it would have been like to be told that you can't do it at all
0: and like it wasn't even like i was upset because i enjoyed it so much it's because the feelings you get when you don't do it like the, mm. the thing about anorexia is it makes you feel so awful like you can't even imagine what it feels like unless I, you're there. I, I so the thought of not working out and having to deal with that guilt is just like insufferable. And you're like, mm. I can't do that because like, whoa. And so, yeah, so I was allowed this 25 minute walk a day, which I would do. And this was like, we were getting into winter when I was kind of told to stop outside. And so those, yeah. that 25 minute walk was very cold and it was quite <laughs> wet and windy sometimes. And we live in Scotland, yeah. So, I mean, that so doesn't help. It the... wasn't great. I, just, I would just no. bundle on the hat and the gloves and just march out the door and I'm like, right, going on
1: 25 minutes
0: this is what i got so we're good for it. um so yeah so that was the kind of turning point and then i i remember one time because i had been i mean you saw what i ate for lunch i ate like couscous every day for lunch you it did, was yeah. so fucking boring like i don't know how someone didn't go eat a fucking mars bar like come
1: on i mean for obvious reasons i didn't like salt some flavor some pepper some seasoning. in there <laughs> come on
0: it was so dull and i remember like um i was in the car with my mom <clears throat> After, like, I'd stopped working out for, it must be a week or two. And I just went, you know what, I'm bored now. I don't I don't want to do it. I don't want to have the couscous. I, w- I want to be a healthy person, as in I want to put weight on. So I'm going to really? need to eat something that's not couscous. And, and from that point on, that's when I did actually start to eat again. Like, actually eat. Mm and I remember it was quite exciting you know I go to the shops I be like, oh hula hoops I've not had a hula hoop in fucking years
1: and you start getting and excited about I was it excited
0: because I was like there's hula there's a world out there besides couscous like
1: uh, <laughs> and like <laughs> it's maybe far away right now yeah, far but, away. It's it's, there, but it's there and, and I'm I gonna get it. there yeah
0: and you know it was quite it was exciting going around the shops and being like oh I could have penguin." I love mm. a fucking penguin. You know, <laughs> most people be like, oh, what's so excited about a penguin? But for me, I was like, this is like gold to yeah. me. Like, oh, um, imagine. <laughs> so it was quite it's exciting. Rediscovering food, like I would literally, it was whew. rediscovering. It was that kind of, I've lost it and now it's back, and I can, mm. I can
1: enjoy it. Do you know actually what's interesting is turning um fear into excitement? um It's like a fear of food mm. into excitement of food. Um, it's, such a good tactic to deal with any fear so for Mm. me i try and turn fear flying into excitement Mm. or you know people turn fear of public speaking into excitement Mm. so it's actually probably quite a good i mean it's probably so so superficial for me to say it but like try i would imagine like trying to turn Mm. your fear of food into excitement for food Mm. again like that slow process is probably quite a good way to be you know ease and begin Mm. your transition into Mm. loving food again
0: yeah and like don't get me wrong like it wasn't easy it was i, can't imagine. It, I mean it, it never is easy but like it was that kind of that period of because i would say to my dietitian i would say you know like, what what should i eat what's healthy and she went anything for you anything you can eat <laughs> anything and it will be good for you like just eat and i was like okay right. so i would have fun and i would you know and i think it was it was really nice for my parents because then they were seeing me enjoying it again and yeah. they were like seeing me eat chippies and they were like has what oh. happened with my daughter you know so that was really that was that was nice and humbling and um so yeah and then that was so that's when things started to get a bit better and then I gradually from maybe the October to I would say that May maybe yeah I slowly put on weight and did. I did get I don't wanna think bigger, because I didn't, well, I didn't get bigger, but I didn't.
1: You I did, just, you got, you You I, physically got bigger again. Yeah. Not like, you're not big, you still are <laughs> but like you got bigger. Yes, and I looked healthier. And with yep.
0: with every kind of bit of weight that came on, I, I would say a bit more of my personality
1: came back. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, right now, like, there's not no part of you that's not, I mean, you've grown, you've matured, you've, you know, <laughs> but like, your personality's back, mm. for sure. I think. I feel like the lights are on and people are at
0: home yes. probably watching TV. People
1: are there. People are chilling. They're enjoying having the a gig and penguins. Maybe a glass of champagne. You we know. don't know. Who knows? But they're there and they're home <laughs> they're and they're having fun and that's all that matters. So what, like if you were to give, let's be snappy, like three tips don't Mm. know if you can even do this um (laughs) that you just think would help someone even if it's like tell someone like any Mm. little tip that you think that would help someone if they're happen to be listening to this and Mm. they are going through an eating disorder um of their own what are the three things or three things that you wish you could say to them i would say don't deny okay if you think there's
0: something wrong if you feel uncomfortable around food if the thought of food makes you feel any sort of guilt or any sort of, I shouldn't, you know, like everyone feels like, oh, I shouldn't
1: have had that, you know, yeah, but yeah. chocolate.
0: But if you're feeling like, if you're feeling like a physical sensation in your tummy that's saying, don't do that because you are worthless and it's derogatory to you, Yeah. you need to not deny it. You need to think, okay, right, good. this isn't right, I can't do this because that's when it starts to get bad. And the thing is, it's not gonna stop. No. Once you start having those feelings, they're not gonna go away. Mm-hmm. You have to address them. You have to catch it quickly. I think that's the problem. So many people think it's fine. Think oh, I'll just go. It's just a phase. It's okay. It's not a fucking phase. Like, come on, man. Don't deny. Don't deny. That's that we want. Don't deny. Two, as hard as it's gonna be, trust. You have to mm-hmm. trust. Trust the, your doctors. Trust your therapists. Trust your dietitians. They 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 don't really understand what it feels like but they do know how to, how to help you. So as much as your brain is telling you to not eat something or to exercise or to, to not listen to your parents, to, to be by yourself, you have to just kind of think, I'm not me right now, mm-hmm. what I think isn't right, because what you think isn't right at the moment, you're just not you, okay? So trust, okay. it's difficult. Like I I'm gonna fucking stress this, it's really hard but trust if you okay, can. Okay, good. I and like three, I would say, find new hobbies to okay. do. Ooh. So what helped me was, I baked a lot. Mm. I got back into baking. I found coloring books. So Green, yeah, was good cool. I just anything, you know, even like me and my parents used to play Jenga, like <laughs> Jenga's so Jenga. Good. And, you know, stuff that's fun and stuff that's not that serious and mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be productive it can be something so stupid it can literally be playing cards or you know playing chess it doesn't keep your mind occupied it's just with something else something you know? else because your mind at the moment is consumed by anorexia and mm-hmm. so you need to find something else which is in the grand scheme of things totally pointless but to you it's something new it's something different and
1: it's so, gonna keep you occupied yeah. okay. so i
0: would say i would say don't deny trust and
1: Find a new hobby, hobby, yeah. hobby. Okay, they're really good tips. Yeah, thank you. I think they're really good. Okay, I mean they worked for me. They might not work for everyone, but yeah, for me, but for you, and that for, it's your journey, your story, mm. your advice. You know, journey. I know. <laughs> Sorry, there's no other word. <laughs> there's no other word. You like know? there really is no other word. There isn't. Um, okay, so how would how are you doing? How how, am I how doing? is life right now life right now i mean considering the circumstances this yeah, is covid we're, we're time, time yeah
0: but apart from that life is pretty good i mean i'm mm. at uni um studying english and film like i said i live in a nice flat with two flatmates who i love who drive me fucking insane but i love them <laughs> 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 i've got lovely friends like Laura here Thank um you. I have a city to explore, and I've got you know an amazing city. To explore. Yeah, there's so many coffee shops. It's oh, brilliant. So many. <laughs> um, in terms of like financial financial stuff, I mean, I have a job, so I don't need to worry too much about money. I mean, I'm she works just... in
1: the most awesome job ever. By the way, <laughs> she works on a boat cafe, a boat cafe it's coffee pretty, it's shop. Pretty cool. Like, how cool is that? By the way, <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, yeah. So life right now. Despite the pandemic is pretty good. Yeah. I'm very glad. Thank you. Um, I think you're like a uh, a walk an exa- a walking example of like things <laughs> do will and do and will and can get better. You just need mm-hmm. to work hard on it. Um, but when we met for our coffee, like um as I've mentioned before you know when we met up you told I asked you the same question Mm. I was like how are you doing like how but I was you know you knew I was asking Mm. you reference too I know So how are you doing it's
0: like how is your mental health
1: (laughs) how's your eating disorder doing um because I can physically see Mm. you're doing good you know or at least a lot better Mm. you know um, but you said something really interesting to me. You know, I'm doing better. Um, I enjoy food again. So mm-hmm. we can go out for tea again. It would be fun for us mm-hmm. to do. Um, you know, I still see my mom. My mental health is better. I'm really happy. But anorexia never leaves me. It, mm-hmm. It's never going to leave anyone. It's part. It becomes part of your history mm-hmm. and who you are. Um, do you want to expand on that like a little bit? Yeah. So <clears throat> I feel like, I
0: mean, people say that, it takes on average maybe 7 to 10 years to fully recover from anorexia. Which is a long time. Which is a long time. But I don't really believe that because I think that you can be physically 100% better. Mm. And mentally, you can be in a much better place. But I think you will always have a wee part of those little feelings. And like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. like I'm still recovering from anorexia. And I would say that I still have the thoughts most days. And it's... But they're not the same. It's not that I they're not all consuming that I can't control it yeah they're just there and it just becomes something you live with and Mm. they don't have to dominate your life they don't have to take over like they did but I think you know what was quite frustrating I think was when people would say but you're you know you're you put on weight so obviously it's gone it's like no it's not
1: fucking gone it's no, exactly. still there it's, it's there you're just, living with anorexia yeah you're, you're living with it as like a resident as opposed mm. to being your landlord for yeah, example yeah exactly you know? it's, it's, it's a not, flatmate it's not yeah. your landlord so
0: it's not going to control you anymore or not to the extent which it did but it's still going to be in your life a little bit mm.
1: and
0: you kind of just I think after a point you just kind of make room for it because you're like I'm so tired of
1: yeah, trying, and trying to get
0: I'm rid of. To, get you out of my life that you know you can have a wee space it's not going to be much
1: Mm. it's another like a layer to the don't deny like don't deny that it has it's going to be there like for some people maybe it will disappear Mm. completely but if it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're not you're failing to get Mm. better you are
0: you are better it's just that you've just made a wee bit of a room for it because i think that's kind of a good i think almost that's a good thing because a lot of people do relapse with anorexia because yeah. they get over it and then something happens and they sometimes slip back into it. And I think that's because they think that it's gone. Mm. But I think if you kind of make room for it,
1: just slowly so we, manage it. Slowly you know? manage
0: it and just slowly be like, it's kind of like a plant you water. Yeah, and You yeah. water it and it sits on the window so you don't really have to think about it most days, but it's, it's there, you know, occasionally. And I think that's helpful because then sometimes when I'm feeling really shit, I can think, right. I feel really shit because this has happened. It's got nothing to do with eating, but it doesn't help by the fact that I've got this thing still going still on here. in your mind. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I think when people think, oh, but you, you know, you're, 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 you put on weight, so you're, you're healthy again. It's, it's finished. You like what are you talking about? Your
1: anorexia is gone. It's like, okay, no, <laughs> no, it's still there. It's still you don't there. understand. Yes. I probably didn't understand either, but um, it's just such a. Interesting because I don't know, like people talk about that because people don't talk about the complexity of the after. People talk mm. about the complexity of the during, the before. You know how it can be triggered from numerous thousands of different things, mm-hmm. but no one actually talks about because no one cares beyond the fact that you're healthy, do they? Yeah. Like no one asks. Yeah, but is it like no one cares mm-hmm. enough to ask? Because you're yeah. you're you do you look yeah. good? So like I it's think it's interesting just, that you've said that. Yeah, I, think. I think
0: people just presume they're just mm. like oh well of course she's
1: better look at her she's fine she's game weight. that's all yeah. that there needs to be um okay that's a really good interesting take sorry I just thought we really needed to touch on that because I no, don't think many yeah, people definitely. would have thought about it like that um okay we're gonna kind of wrap up with three things that you think um a friend mm-hmm. or a family member mm-hmm. um could do to help someone or mm-hmm. like you know I, and I will give I will give three too mm. as someone that has made mistakes and knows how mm-hmm. to or how I think I would do it if I were to experience that yeah. now. So what are your three? Or do you want to go one about?
0: Yeah, we'll go one about. Okay. Um, jazz things up a bit. Mix up. Woo-hoo, we are wild. <laughs> I over know here. literally. Woo-hoo. We are you can tell we're students so we're just <laughs> living the wild life. <laughs> um so yeah, I'd say number one is especially this is really for parents, but it does apply for friends as well you are going to be really frustrated because you're okay. going to look at someone that you love and they're, you're going to be telling, love you more than yeah, anyone else. Yeah. You're going to be telling them something mm. and they're going to seem as though they're not listening, but they, it's not them that's not listening. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be frustrated but don't take your frustration out on them or around them. If you need to break a pillow, if like, not a pillow, if you need to break a plate, if you need to scream into a pillow, if you need to walk somewhere and stomp, if you need to flush something down the toilet, like a goldfish, mm-hmm. just to get your anger out, that's fine. Don't Do that, but person. just don't show your frustration because they've got enough, yeah. blah, so they don't need something
1: else. This is where I failed. <laughs> You did not feel
0: everyone. Like no,
1: I did. That's okay. I think you know. Yeah, what?
0: it is okay. I thing. it's okay to make mistakes because there's yeah. a guidebook that
1: tells there's you how enough, to get it through and you Absolutely not. Until now, this is a great guidebook for anyone else.
0: <laughs> Leave a review on Amazon, guys.
1: Please do. Okay. Um, so yeah, that'd be number one.
0: So yeah, if you're you are gonna be frustrated, acknowledge you're gonna be frustrated. Take it out in a take it point. out in something else okay. away
1: from um, this person. Mine would be look to understand the why and don't focus on the what they're doing mm-hmm. um you might not understand why they might not even understand why but I think if I had known you know if I would even just asked you know, why are you mm-hmm. doing this um it might have helped me understand mm-hmm. it more because it was a lack of understanding and a somewhat degree of ignorance that I think um caused me to Mm -hmm. react the way I did and I'm very glad that I didn't derail you massively like I'm very (laughs) glad I didn't have as much power on it as I could have because Mm. some friends could have had so much influence Mm. that it would have been really bad Mm. um okay yeah number two for you number two I would um
0: I would say don't ask your child slash friend don't say are you listening to me or do you understand what I'm saying because okay. they're not deaf and they're not stupid
1: <laughs> like okay yeah yeah don't patronize
0: don't patronize. they know like you know sometimes people <clears throat> would say to me they're like oh, does that make sense it's like well yes mm. it's not rocket science I get it I just I'm ill and I don't want to do it but it okay. doesn't mean I don't understand so I think you know even and acknowledging that it's hard and maybe saying I know this is really difficult for you I know it's hard but you know, let's hold my hand
1: and let's do this. Okay, that's a lot better. Rather you. than saying, you, "You get in it," do you understand? Yeah. Because that's okay. Not helpful. My number two, which is um, more for the friend, mm. is don't try and be don't try and be the therapist. Don't try and be the doctor. You're you're not again mistake I made. You're not that intelligent. Don't be so. Um, you're not not that intelligent. But you don't have the knowledge. You don't mm. have the understanding. You don't have the um, expertise to help the person in the medical sense. Mm. Be a voice to listen to if they if they need someone on the phone and they mm. end of the phone. You know if they're having like a moment. Like, don't try and doctor. Don't try and mm. be a therapist. I made that, mis- that mistake with you and the previous friend that we mm. mentioned, and it was damaging for me and it was damaging for them and you mm. and the relationships. Mm. Um, so yeah, don't be the doctor, just be a friend. Mm. Uh. my last piece of advice
0: would be forgive yourself because you are going to make mistakes. There's going to be tears. There's going to be difficult conversations. There's going to be times when you both, everyone feels like shit, Mm. but you cannot blame yourself you know sometimes my mom will ask me what did I do that was wrong like what 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 happened in your childhood that made you <laughs> yeah. get anorexia I'm like mom it's not that you didn't cause my anorexia that's it happened but forgive yourself mm. and you know do nice things for yourself and do things together so even if it's sitting down and watching a film together mm-hmm. or giving their hug or you know just
1: anything. doing anything. That's nice and, and positive.
0: You know, like, because you, you, like, if you're a parent or you're a friend, you like food. Eat something mm. you like, you know. And, but don't beat yourself up about it because you're trying your best.
1: Okay. Yes. That was, like, a good one for me to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, my third one, and you might disagree, is if you, th- so if you think the person is in the denying phase, mm. or say something or yes. not okay yeah I
0: think the earlier you can catch these things the better okay. because like I, I keep coming it, back could to like, it could, it, it could be to
1: nothing it could but you're better to say than not say I think yeah I wish I had said sooner <laughs> um I yeah. think yeah
0: like even I think even if it looks innocent it can become something okay so I think even just you know saying I don't know like oh you're eating quite a lot of salad recently. something you know just how come it's
1: like are these really that good is that
0: really that interesting <laughs> and then that, that then that'll just kind of pause for thought for them as well and they'll okay. be thinking mm, maybe someone else is noticing and it's like you know it doesn't have to be malicious it doesn't have to no.
1: be oh you just a gentle a gentle gentle prod reminder or ask just ask just, just ask, ask. If you think ask. if you have a question ask them that applies to all life like if you yeah, have something literally. you want to know just ask like you're the fool if you stay silent Lynn, you
0: i ask. am the nosiest person i will ask people about their sex Aww. lives i'll ask them about their periods yeah, i yeah. don't yeah literally last time i saw Laura, i was like so what's going on in the sex department like <laughs> i just don't care like i feel i will ask anything
1: exactly just ask away <laughs> um okay final question what has been your favorite thing about being on the Asking Eve podcast? <laughs> other than my fantastic hosting skills, yes best host ever mm-hmm. um
0: i think it has to be Clar in the headphones because just- <laughs> <laughs> are they that bad <laughs> it's just every time i look over it's just got these big
1: Blackery with a new phrase but no it's been it's been
0: lovely thank you for having me
1: thank and you um, very much for being here I think we there's so much still to oh, cover yes. on the topic that I think that we may need a part two um, <laughs> in the future and I'm sure mm-hmm. you'd love to do that and also there's thank other much. things very interesting about you that we can talk about too Um, okay thank you very much thank for coming you. bye bye bye